What is data science? Welcome back to Apex. I'm your host, Carlos, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about data science. And like always, we're going to serve the usual explanation, job prospects, and with an interview near the end. So, what is data science? So, from the website towardsdatascience.com explains that data science can be told in three parts. Number one, the process of understanding. What this means is that the data scientist shouldn't cover the insights, turn data into knowledge, detecting trends, answering questions, and also tell a story. Number two, science. This includes validating a hypothesis, building a model. Although when I found out that the word data in data science is a bit redundant because when you think about it, there isn't really any science without the data. And finally, number three, the umbrella which has some things you might be familiar with, such as machine learning, artificial intelligence, data visualization, data architecting, ETLs, data cleanup, and transformation. So what's data science nowadays? Well, its contributions include the explosion of mobile apps, big data and distributing computing, new machine and deep learning algorithms, specialized hardware, for example, a GPU, and obviously an explosion of data, lots of data. Now. What's the job market like for a data scientist? Well, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics from a May 2019 report, there are currently 30,810 employed data scientists. Although they did use other mathematical occupations in there as well, but recently data science is a hopeful job in the US. According to a 2017 report from IBM, analytical and data science positions in the US alone would increase from 364,000 jobs to 2,729,000 jobs by 2020. It is also noted that LinkedIn, a website that helps recruiters find exceptional applicants on its website, and a place I recommend you to explore yourself when you have some free time. They're going to be there eventually for job hunting and internship hunting. Just a little FYI for you. They said in 2019 that data science was the number one promising job in the US, and this was based on job openings, salary, and career advancement opportunities. And with this, the exceptional growth of data. Lots of industries have expressed their desires for better business outcomes and has been cited as the reason for the increased demand for analytical talent. But there's so much more with data science that we barely scratched the surface at this point. Now, data science is its own thing as opposed to computer science for those that are confused. There are other pillars underneath data science. Artificial intelligence is one of those. Now, there are three applications to AI, self-driving cars, recommendation systems, and object detection systems. Self-driving cars is a growing trend for AI, and you probably heard about it, like people using their Teslas to self-drive and eventually get arrested for DUAI, driving under the artificial influence. I've been working on that joke, cut me some slack, alright? But it will be the standard for all cars in the future, like before when seat belts, windshield wipers, keyless ignitions, and no-touch compartment openings were starting out as well. The AI in self-driving cars is simply from getting from point A to point B in the most convenient route the AI can take. 
It also features technology where the car can detect obstacles like cars and pedestrians, and the decision it makes in moments, such as if a child were to chase down a rolling ball in the middle of a street. AI has also had its hand in recommendation systems. It's when the system will recommend things based on what you have viewed, liked, and bought. So think of it as when Netflix recommends you other movies and TV shows that are more like to the ones you're watching right now, or Instagram recommending posts that you liked and looked up in the search bar. This is all due to AI's recommendation system, but it does have some ways to go. There is another pillar that we'll explain later on that does this perfectly well. Now, the way we define AI is tricky. Even those who specialize in it have no precise definition for it, but actually refers to a lot of things back then, for when back they were used to be called like business intelligence slash analytics, statistical tool, machine learning, and systems that are based on an if slash then rule. But as far as we come to AI, it's very different back then when the idea of a self-aware program can make decisions on the fly. It sounded cool for a moment until sci-fi writers and Hollywood executives took the idea and made it seem sinister. Not physically present, but virtually. So, let's talk about what AI isn't yet. First of all, it's not Skynet, obviously, but I'm not saying it won't happen. Hopefully, I won't be alive for it to exist. Well... I always thought if I did die, that my brain would be uploaded into the cloud, so technically I'll still be there, per se, when it does happen, and I'll be in my own version of heaven, but still, uh, it'll, I'll still be there when it happens, so I guess you got me. Point one for machines. But also, what they don't have is feelings or consciousness of themselves, but hey, we humans do, and I don't know if that's a plus, but... You know, they don't have it, and we do, so I count that as a win. <laughs> Next, AI hasn't replaced human jobs, at least ones that need that need, still need that human touch. So let's say it won't be the same when a robot or an AI is telling you it's their pleasure when you're ordering at Chick-fil-A. Next, they don't have general intelligence, and this is where they take abstract knowledge from one place and transfer it to another one. And finally, AI can't freely update itself. Who knew? Now, let's talk about AI in the way you describe it as a certain type of intelligence. And where I said about, to the point, to the part where I said about the AI's general intelligence, the limitations for an AI agent is that it completes a goal, specifically a singular goal, by optimizing its decisions and actions to complete that singular goal. And the human element is, the, is very vital for the AI to work efficiently. By understanding its goals and prioritizing it to work for it to work across all different goals as well, this is why AI agents cannot transfer knowledge and skills from one problem to another. Now let's now that we got AI out of the way, let's talk about machine learning. So for those that don't know machine learning, machine learning is a study of computer algorithms that improve automatically through experience and is considered a subset of AI. Overall, machine learning situations always require data. Furthermore, machine learning encompasses a lot of things, such as words, numbers, images, and clicks, and that is fed into a machine learning algorithm. The recommendation system I mentioned earlier is processed by machine learning, also is a service for things that we use on a daily basis like Netflix and YouTube, and it goes for search engines like Google and Bing, social media sites like Facebook and Twitter, 
and voice assistants like Alexa and Siri. In general, these platforms are trying to collect as much data from you as possible. Machine learning makes this makes a highly educated guess from what you want next from all of this. And from all of this, you want to find the perfect pattern and run it. And that's where deep learning comes in. Deep learning is best described as machine learning on steroids. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Hinton, who invented the technique in 1986, is credited as the father of deep learning. So much so that Hinton's students went on to run AI labs for tech companies such as Facebook, Apple, and OpenAI. Hinton himself is a lead scientist on Google's Brain AI team. And in the past decade, all the landmark achievements for AI such as translation, speech recognitions, image recognitions, and gameplays go back to Hinton's works for almost 40 years ago. Now, deep learning can also be described as a technique that gives machines an enhanced ability to find and amplify even for the smallest of patterns. For this to happen, they use neural networks which consist of using a series of neurons connected to each other, and each neuron combines many inputs and produces an output through a simple mathematical function, and these layers of neurons are stacked on top of each other vertically. And when you think of deep learning, simply think of the number of layers it has is equal to the depth of the network, hence why we call it deep learning. With that, there are three types of learning for both machine learning and deep learning. First is supervised learning, which is data being labeled and you tell the machine what patterns to look for. So for example, when you're watching a show on Netflix, you are telling the algorithm to find more shows like the one you're currently watching. Next, there's unsupervised learning, which is obviously the opposite of supervised learning. The data is not labeled and the machine finds whatever it can find. Now, this technique is not that popular compared with supervised learning because of the less applications it can do, but it has for some time gained interest through the cybersecurity community. Last but not least is reinforced learning, which is the most recent in the machine learning frontier. The reinforced algorithm learns by a trial and error approach so it can complete an objective and the algorithm tries different methods and is rewarded or punished if its behavior helped or hurted from reaching its goal. It's like when you're teaching a dog new tricks. Fun fact, uh, Google's AlphaGo program uses reinforced learning and famously beat a human in the strategy board game of Go. So we've gone through a lot of data, no pun intended, uh, but as you guys know from the first episode, I'm not a data science major. So I wanted to talk to someone who is not just a data science major, but who can give their thoughts and opinions about it. So my next guest is El de Piedre, who is a former officer of ACM and recent graduate of UHD. Full disclosure that this interview took place last August as I was preparing content for the show when we were planning to launch. But Elda has been one of the first people I actually met when I joined ACM. It has always been an honor to get to work with her, and the same goes to Sean, who you know from the first episode. So, let's dive in. Hi, Elda. Hello, Color Hellos. It's nice to be here today. Nice to see you too. It's been a while. Yes, it has been. Um, I'm working towards getting a job in data science, so it has been taking a toll, but it's an exciting time. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. That's good for you. Um, so, Elda, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, I'm a data science major at University of Houston downtown, and I'll be graduating in fall 2020. And I am 
one of the students that is one of the only students basically or few students that is graduating with a bachelor's degree in data science it's not something that is widely available a bachelor's degree in data science so UHD created the program and it has been it has been around for I think three years or something like that so that's exciting and scary too but it's been a it's been fun and I'm excited to graduate. Well, that's really good. I mean, from mm -hmm. what I've done for the, what I researched for the episode, um, you know, it's in demand. So, I mean, just knowing that the uh, university does a program like this and, um, you know, you being one of the few doing this, I think that it'll make you stand out among the rest of the competition. So that's good on you. Yeah. So, uh, Elda, my next question is, um, how would you explain data science in your own words? All right, um, data science, as I understand it, is about data exploration and gathering of insight. And the goal is always to create impact. So you have a bunch of data and you have the end outcome, which are maybe machine learning uh, algorithms or maybe dashboards, anything to do with the information you have gathered from the information for, from the data, you know, to make an impact. So it's simple like that. Okay, okay. So, um, tell us about your journey. How did you get into data science? My journey is not that impressive. I, I started my bachelor's degree pursuing a business administration um, um, associate's degree at Houston Community College, right? So I was doing a business administration associate's degree at Houston Community College, and I wasn't really excited about it. And the, the only reason I was doing it, it's because I never had exposure to anything else. I was just doing it because that's the only thing I knew to do. And one day some, someone told me, hey, data science pays well, sounds exciting. How about you investigate that since you're not happy with what you're doing. So I went ahead and took a few courses because I didn't know what data science was. I took courses on EDX and Udemy so that I could get the gist of the, what data science was. And well, I was persuaded because it wasn't something too far away from what I was doing, right? Business is about creating value. Data science is about creating value, data impact in business and whatever. And it had the additional benefit that it's a programming based major. So I wanted to go into STEM, but I didn't know if I could do it because I didn't have any exposure. So it was a mixture of me taking a risk, taking online courses and wanting to challenge myself. It wasn't necessarily about I love data science from the start and I wanted to do it. I fell into it and I love it. Yeah. Well, that's really mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So Elda, uh, usually I ask my guests about their majors. What is usually one, what are the pros and cons of data science? At least name one pro and one con. All right. So one con, but some people may see it as a pro, but I'll go ahead and say it's a con, is mm -hmm. that, first of all, when, I, when you say data science, I started to think of data science not only as a major, but, but as a career, so a data science career. And the, the cons of pursuing a data science career is that there are more than one routes to get into 
this career. So there is not a straight line that you can follow and steps that you can follow to land a data science career because data scientists come from very different backgrounds. So that could be difficult for someone who doesn't really understand what they want and how they want to achieve that. But it can be liberating because of how you can get there from the place you are right now. So you can come from a business background, computer science background, psychology background, any kind of background, and you can transition into a data science career or even a data science major as I did from business to a data science major. Hmm. Um, now, the pro, I can say that it's job flexibility. You can work in any industry and it's just like being a software engineer. You will need a software engineer if you are trying to scale your business, just like you will need data science if you want to improve your services or products and through the power of the data you have available. Yeah, so I think that's one pro. And in a more personal note, one pro for me is the ability to challenge myself always with all the new tech, all the new tools that come into availability, the learning experience in data science, I think just very exciting. So you, you'll not be bored of it because there's always something exciting to do, always something learn, new to learn and to apply. Yeah, so that's a pro for me. Yeah. Right, nice, nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like uh, being challenged, like new things. I prefer not to do uh, repetitive stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, Elda, so, um, what would you say, or like, why should people rec uh, be recommended to major in data science as to opposed to uh, computer science or MIS? Um, that's a tricky one, but I'll try and go um, and stick with my perspective on it. Okay. I guess you should go into data science if you are looking for a challenge, if you are impressed with like how information can impact a business or a product or anything. If you are a curious person who just like, imagine for example, if you work at Facebook, right? With billion of users. So imagine the kind of data that you can have. Imagine what you can discover, the tools that you can apply to get it. It's just amazing. It's just, <laughs> if you're interested in like finding things about the world do data science and it can be in in a small scale too if you are working for a company you're gonna learn things about the world within your company or related to your company so i think you should do that if you you should follow data science major if you are interested in this kind of things you can also go ahead and change to a data science major if you are scared to transition into stem and because i felt like it it was a good starting point for me because before I didn't quite believe that I could do it, no exposure and all. So I was like, um, it seems um, easy enough. A lot of math statistics. Well, I have been taking math and statistics my whole life and then add a little programming and that's all. It kind of, it kind of helped me ease into the STEM career because from there I see now that I can, I can, I can do any tech job. I can, take some courses online right now and become a software engineer. I have the basics of what is 
what is needed to be a engineer, a software engineer, just through the data science major. But I can also go ahead and stick to data science career. So I think that if you want to transition from one not very technical field to a technical field, yeah, do data science. The other reason, I guess the other reasons you have to find out yourself, go ahead and investigate, take some courses online and find out if you are interested. Don't just like to go ahead and register because people say that it's a good pay or it's an exciting job. That's not going to work out. Just do your own investigation, I would say, to the audience and find out if you are interested. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Okay, so uh, so Alda, uh, my next question, or actually my last question, <laughs> is um, how would you, how have you seen uh, what you have learned so far in your data science? That what would you wish you would um, take back from what you know now to what you when you started before in data science? So when you are pursuing a data science career, it can be confusing. But one thing that has helped me understand the different paths or the different jobs that I could apply for was the distinction of data analyst, business analyst, machine learning engineer, operations research engineer, research data scientist. So those are like key job titles that kind of help me understand where I can go and apply for a data science job. So when I'm applying for a data analyst job position, I'm thinking in terms of my deliverable would be dashboards, visualizations, maybe a little bit of Excel job, not very machine learning like, even though you can go ahead and do machine learning. But usually the data science, data analyst posts are about gathering data, processing data, and then creating some kind of output for people, consumers, not machine consumption. So, and then there's machine learning engineers. That's actually what I'm interested about. Machine learning engineers, just like it sounds, they build machine learning softwares and, and it's for machine consumptions. And what I've noticed is that even though my main interest is machine learning, and I would like to do machine learning engineer, those jobs are more inclined to accept people with software engineering background. So if I, if I could go back in time, I would probably major in computer science with a minor in data science because I wouldn't like to go ahead and be a computer scientist. I want to be a data scientist. But with the skills of a software engineer, then I would be able to get the exact job that I'm looking for, which is machine learning engineer, because they want people that have the gist of software engineering besides data science side so i guess um if it helps to know yes you gotta have good coding skills even though that's not very emphasized when you're doing the data science machine uh, data science uh, major so yeah okay okay um you know uh we're filming this during the uh, hurricane <laughs> warning so yeah, what's it? Hurricane Laura is coming our way. Well, yeah, later I today, think so. Marco or <laughs> yeah, Laura or like Marco. <laughs> so yeah, yes. uh, you know, Elda, stay safe during these two days, or actually the rest of the week. I don't know how long it's gonna be, but I know it will come Wednesday today, later today, and uh, tomorrow morning. But yeah, stay safe, Elda. Interesting conversation with Elda. Well, this marks the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. For those wondering if the show will keep 
going with these kinds of topics forever. Uh, no. I wanted this to be kind of like a crash course to all the major degrees here on campus. And yes, I did miss some from the CST community, but they'll eventually get their own episodes in the near future. But where we're heading to is going to be very interesting, actually. Next week, we're going to be talking about interviews. And yes, I'm going to explain how to navigate, manage, and tackle not only behavioral interviews, but technical ones as well. So don't miss that episode. And with everything going on with school and projects, I am dedicated to working on creating more content for the show's future, like getting more guests, a diverse set of guests all over the country, for example, like other STEM students and industry professionals. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for those that made it to this part of this episode. And here's to more thank yous for future episodes that you'll listen to. I'm Carlos, and I'll see you later. Peace.